Belly and the fish. Belly. Belly and the fish. Welcome, friends, to Belly and the Fish. I'm your host, Corbin, a.k.a. the fish, and we got big old Ben Belly Smokes Hunter. We are back. We are indeed. And joining us, as always, we got John as well. How we doing, John? A little bit thrown off. We're in person. Got an echo. Feel a bit crazy. Our first in-person episode. We got Belly in town for a wedding. John's not too far away from me. So we are at the Gobi Manor right now recording for the people. And it's been a couple of weeks, so it's glad I'm glad to be back. And I missed the last episode, so it feels like forever for me. True that. Why did you miss it again? I forget. Just dad stuff? Yeah, I think it was something with my kid. I don't remember. Um, He's this just is also, a guest anyway. <laughs> this is my first time meeting Ben ever in person. Yeah. We kissed, <laughs> it feels like we I've known you for years. Right away. Yeah, That's you true. can go with a pretty informal greeting after all the hours of content that we've developed together. So. Yeah, this is a quick kiss on the lips. <laughs> Yeah, glad that we could all get together and finally do this in person. We were long overdue for an episode, wanted to put one out last week just in time for the Inside the Den and training camp, but Ben said he was coming into town, so I was like, why don't we all just get together and do this in person? It actually wasn't me who suggested that. Somebody else did, but I'll take the credit. You always do. Well, let's hop into it, guys. For today, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Detroit Lions, per usual, and then a lot has happened in the NFL, too, so we'll touch on a couple subjects there. Uh, as always, we've got Benton with the belly, a bowels of the belly, and John was the loser last time, so he is hosting Jeopardy. So let's get it started, folks, starting with Inside the Den that just came out last Thursday evening. Did you guys get a chance to watch it yet? Ben, I know you didn't. John, how about you? I saw quite a few uh, clips of it on Twitter that they were posting, but I didn't get to watch the full episode yet. I was just listening to a podcast that kept talking about it. I was like, why am I listening to this podcast? Why don't I just go watch that episode? Was there one where Dan Campbell was trying to buy a lion or put him on the sideline? <laughs> that was a uh, part of an interview that he did with a uh, part of my take actually. But yeah, that was a, a thing for a while, but apparently the NFL frowns upon that. <laughs> Boo. I don't know why. Just imagine if you have a kicker battle going and just to see if they can handle the pressure, you just have a lion in a cage behind them or even just on a chain or something like that just to see if they cave to the pressure. Doesn't matter. Money Badger's gone. It worked theoretically. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's a sad day. He's been gone for a little while, but writing was kind of on the wall. We'll talk about him a little bit later because we do have two new kickers in town. One, a familiar face. Another one, XFL standout, John Parker Romo and Riley Patterson, who we had last year and we cut him. Went on to have a good season with the Jaguars, so we paid him a seventh-round pick to get him back. So who's your new guy now, Belly? That I hate. Oh, the new kicker. Uh, which one was the guy we got from Jacksonville? Riley Patterson. Hit me with him. Like John Parker Romo? Oh, he's got the last name Romo. Absolutely not. It's like a politician's name. I feel like it's like an actor's name. JPR. Like an English gentleman, yeah. JP Romo. Probably does porn. Yeah. He's got a hell of a leg, too. Kind of the difference between them is Riley Patterson's a little bit more accurate, but John Parker Romo has the leg, so... He does porn, he's got a hell of a third leg. 
Might be our guy. I miss the Prater days when you could just trot him out there for a 60-yarder and be like, yep, automatic. Three points, we'll take him. Isn't he still the uh, number one points getter in all of Lions history? Well, Jason Hansen. Oh, but fuck, what did you say, Prater? Yeah, Prater's up there. Might be. I got yeah. twisted. It's all good. We, all, we have been off for a couple of weeks, so we'll get you whipped into shape pretty quick here. Training camp has kicked off. We've been deprived of Lions news for the past few months. Not a whole lot to talk about there, but with training camp and the inside the den that just came out, we're finally starting to get some info after these past few months. We've been in a dry spell, so we'll kick it off with this inside the den here. Just kind of the first round, you got an inside look at the Lions war room when we were drafting and started off with Jameer Gibbs, how we were content taking him at six. And we ended up moving back to 12. Uh, Brad Holmes kind of said that, you know, when you have a chance to trade back, recoup some value and still get the player you want, you got to take that shot. And Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes were kind of looping in Sheila as well, like who they wanted to draft. And it didn't quite address Evan Witherspoon getting taken the pick before. So I'm pretty confident that he would have been the pick at six because it kind of cut right to Lions being on the clock. And them kind of selling Jameer Gibbs to Sheila at six. And they even said, even though he's a running back, we're going to plan to use him like a receiver. So it was encouraging to see that even at six, it, the news kind of came out that he would have been the pick. But seeing it in the war room, you knew that it was a fact. But it was really cool to see some footage that you had never really seen before circulating the internet. And it was the combine interviews that were really cool to see for me because we got a little inside look at Scotty Montgomery, the new running backs coach who replaced Deuce Daly. And it was him, Jameer, front office staff who were just kind of asking about situations. And there was this one scene where he told Jameer Gibbs to, you know, hold the football like he's running with it. And so he kind of had like that, you know, elbow pinch like up to the chest and he's like, what else can you do? And Jameer Gibbs just takes his hand and puts it on his ear. He's like, oh, what is that? You're the first guy that I've seen who's done that. That's good because it's like a little extra protection. So just hearing him kind of break down film with him and asking him questions, he definitely gets the game. So I think we got a good coach to replace Deuce there. And then also hearing Jameer Gibbs' responses and some of the other guys that we spoke to at the Combine, it was kind of cool to have like a little behind-the-scenes look at what our coaches were seeing and to kind of discover some of the reasons why we considered drafting them in the first place. It's, it's not a surprise that he was well-coached coming from Alabama, so I guess that's just a nice confirmation of that. Yeah, and I'm still going to be the skeptic. i got to see him play first before I uh, dive into anything, but I do like the pick. Um, we needed a running back, especially with what ended up happening with DeAndre Swift, so we'll see what happens with the old Gibby boy. They're, they're trying to move kind of more positionless on offense with certain players, and I think they really identified him as someone that they could do that with. Yep, they knew that they were going to utilize him as a receiver more than just a running back, and you hear the stories out of the Lions facility, like he's not a running back, he's a weapon. But they said that in the war room to Sheila Ford Hamp right before they drafted him. So the entire time they had a vision for how they were going to use him, and it wasn't just like, oh, fuck, Witherspoon's gone, now what do we do? They knew who they were taking right away at six, and it just so happens that the Cardinals wanted to move up they could still get them at 12. So we got the extra picks that turned out to be some uh, pretty darn good players that we'll get into in a second here. But it makes me a little bit more happy with the pick. Obviously, you know, I don't think anybody was really a 
you know, pounding the table for Gibbs at six or at 12 or any running back for that matter. But just hearing a little bit more about how much he's going to be using the passing game, it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. And he's been proving it at camp so far. So I'm ready to see him take the field Thursday against the Chiefs. I can't wait. After draft day is over, it doesn't really matter what pick he got taken at. If you perform, then generally uh, you're considered a success. Well, all the news people, like you said, John, will just do the same thing. They'll just be like, oh, it was a great pick. I knew it was all along. And then it's just all bullshit anyway. Fucking Mel Kuyper shit. I definitely had some skepticism. I like the player, but like I said, I don't know about the value, but... Being able to kind of stew on it for a few months and know that we're going to use him in the receiving game out of the slot more, you know, just as much as we are as a running back, I feel a lot better about it. And I think it's going to help him last a little longer because injury is obviously a concern with any running back, much less, you know, somebody of Gibbs size. So uh, let's hop into the next guy here, and that is Jack Campbell. He was the next feature on Inside the Den. And he was kind of right in their crosshairs as soon as the Lions took Gibbs. And Brad Holmes had mentioned in the past that, you know, if they had taken someone at six, they were considering moving up from 18 just to guarantee getting Jack Campbell. Um, it seemed that he was kind of there right with Laporta. They mentioned the two Iowa guys, and Campbell was saying to, Campbell was saying to Sheila that he's going to be a good fit with Alex Anzalone, that they would be a, a good combination. So just listen to him talk about – you know, breaking down film and how he sees the game. You could tell that he's a smart guy. And kind of right after that, it jumped to a scene with uh, Gibbs and Campbell both going to Detroit, and Calvin and Barry Sanders were both there to greet him. And, I mean, he took the time to go and talk with Gibbs separately and talk with Campbell separately. And it's just good to have him back in the fold and in the good graces of the franchise because – you could tell like he has so much knowledge that he can impart on these guys obviously he's a hall of famer one of the best to ever do it i mean he just went out of his way to welcome them and kind of hype them up and so it kind of gave me goosebumps just watching him the good grace of the lions after we took gibbs every single one of our guys either fell to us or we moved up to get him so you could tell after day two was over the end of the third round, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, the whole room was absolutely stoked because, I mean, we've got four starters essentially within the next two years in Broderick Martin, Brian Branch, Sam Laporta, uh, Jack Campbell, and Jameer Gibbs, so I guess that's five. And then we've got Hendon Hooker too, who's another great piece. So we got some great players in this draft. It talked a little bit about uh, Colby Soresdale, but it wasn't like you can get super hyped on a fifth-round pick. Uh, just kind of sold Sheila on the fact that he was a guard and tackle. He has some versatility, even though he's from a smaller school. And then when we came around in the seventh, Brad Holmes was like, oh, shit, Antoine Green is still there? Yep, we're definitely going to take that. And then it also showed a scene of uh, Antoine Green getting off the phone with Brad Holmes, and he tried to pass it to Dan Campbell, and Anto Antoine Green had already hung up on him, so they had to call him back. But, yeah, the inside the den was highly anticipated for weeks, months, Everyone was just clamoring for it to come out because a few weeks after the draft, other teams started to post some some videos. But it was an hour and a half long episode. I did not expect it to be that long. I thought maybe like 15 minutes or something. But you know, I'm glad that they made sure that everything was good. Hopefully, you know, obviously I'm sure that they were adding it out to make themselves look good in some ways, like with that Devin Witherspoon topic that I was talking about. They probably wanted to grab him at six, but, you know, just wasn't in the cards. So... It was good to just kind of see like a lot of the stories that you had heard and the rumors about, you know, the Lions wanting to move up to get Jack Campbell or 
you know, like Broderick Martin uh, moving up to get him, it was validated through that video. So you know that this regime isn't really kind of blowing smoke up her ass. I think one of the, the biggest things is these guys that we're bringing in that we feel really good about aren't necessarily being expected to just be thrown right onto the field right away either. Pretty good uh, sign of our depth as a franchise and being headed in the right direction that you don't have to just toss every single rookie you draft straight to the the lion's den, if you will. But um. And now we're actually talking about, like, we argue about depth, not who's going to be the starter at a particular position, maybe at, like, guard or linebacker. But for the most part, our depth chart is pretty set, at least in terms of the starters. So it's nice that we don't have too many of those starting battles going on right now, and we can finally draft and develop as opposed to drafting guys that need to come in and have to start for us right away. Otherwise, they're a bust. Yeah, now it's like if if one of our rookies gets on the field, he really – he fought his way onto the field and beat out someone who was already established. That's only ever a good thing for the team. Yeah, beat him off. (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about training camp here, and we already kind of talked about our kicker battle here. So we'll see if Riley Patterson or John Parker Romo can lock down that job because we haven't had the, the best kicking situation since Matt Prater, a position we've usually been blessed with the past couple of decades, but... We'll get into the dirty business with Jamison Williams because we haven't talked about him in a couple of months here, and you would think there wasn't a whole lot of news after the gambling suspension, but, I mean, people are really just trying to tear Jamison Williams down and make it seem like he's never going to be that guy. He's a bust, and they they just have him under a microscope for everything that he does in public. Like, on 4th of July, he posted something of him lighting a firework. And, like, there's been some other social media posts that people are just freaking out about. And now that I've kind of had some time to digest that gambling suspension, it's pretty clear that it's bullshit. I mean, the NFL is the real failure here because they didn't educate their players that you can't gamble at a hotel in a different city that's technically a team facility. Like, that's just a stupid rule. He didn't bet on football. He didn't, you know, like if it was an NFL game, like, yes, I totally get that. That's just dumb. But if he's in a hotel room in Chicago and he throws a bet on a fight or something like that, or, I mean, that's illegal. It's crazy. My kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sure, he's young and, you know, he does have some maturing to do, but at the same time, you can't just chalk him up to a bust. And, like, just on uh, Monday, he had three drops at training camp, but nobody talks about the great block that he threw on a run play with Jameer Gibbs or the toe drag sideline catch that he had. I just don't think that it's fair to him. I mean, it's just really going to hurt his development. So I'm here to support Jamison Williams. He's going to be the best. He's going to be all pro. He's the next Tyreek Hill, even better. I, I did not really see much about him being a bust, but if people are saying that, that's insane. I mean, he hasn't even really gotten on the field yet. It's all just fucking preseason hype and all the above and just taking the one wrong thing he did and turning it into that guy's never going to do anything right. Happens every year. Uh, Jamar Chase was going to be a bust because of his training camp drops when he was a rookie, remember? I don't, but that's idiotic. Yeah, that was a narrative going around his rookie year. Yep, I do remember that. But yeah, like I said, I don't think it's a lot of... 
people calling him a bust. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there, but just the fact that they're so critical of him and that they're looking out for any excuse to kind of throw him under the bus and just kind of paint him out to, you know, not want to be a part of the team, not trying hard enough, not dedicated. Well, I don't think that is the case because when you do see him out on the field, when he's healthy and ready to go, I mean, he's always great. He's making plays. Sure, you're going to have drops every now and then, but we drafted him for his big play potential, and he still provides that. And, you know, it's just God-given talent. Nobody else can do what he does with that speed, you know, with his size and his ability. So, I mean, I'm rooting for the guy. I just want the public to calm down, chill out a little bit on the J-Mo hate. He's going to be just fine. Once the season gets going, he catches a touchdown week one, everyone's going to forget all about this. Early on in training camp, a little uh, scary thing that happened was the C.J. Gardner-Johnson injury. He was uh, going to make a tackle in the box and went down with a a knee injury. At first, it was reported a non-contact injury, so I'm like, fuck, the season's over. This is like play two of training camp. It's not even contact yet, and, you know, he's already – he already tore his ACL, but thankfully shortly after some national media came out and said that it wasn't that serious. Um, he's probably going to be out for like a little bit, but turns out he's back at practice now. So, I mean, if all things keep going as they are, he should be ready for week one. So even if we were to miss out on him, like I was kind of trying to spin zone this in our favor, we do have some decent options to fill in for him at nickel. And we got Kirby and Tracy Walker, so those are two solid safeties. Brian Branch has been absolutely crushing at training camp so far. And then last year's starting nickel, Will Harris, we still have him as well. So obviously Brian Branch and Will Harris, they're not CJGJ, but they're solid options just to get us through. So we dodge a bullet with that. I mean, you see like guys like Joe Burrow going down with the calf strain and one of our biggest signings, if not the biggest signing we had in free agency, if we lose them, you know, day one, day two, a training camp. It's just kind of like, oh, here we go again, right when we're riding high and now everything's coming crashing down. So it's good to see him back at practice. Yeah, I mean, we could be like the Broncos. We could have lost our best player, Tim Patrick, for the season. There's been a lot of people going down in the uh, in the preseason. My boy Zach Moss broke his arm. Oh, I was so sad about that. <laughs> he uh, He hasn't lived up to my uh, 2.03 pick. Yeah. No, not at all. And just when you think he's going to be able to step up too with the Jonathan Taylor bullshit that's going around, it's like well, that oh, was Zach my, Moss. my hope. Yeah, and then he goes down with a broken arm that day. We're all in on Evan Hall. <laughs> and <laughs> no, Deion, Deion Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, I saw you already have him, John. I was pissed. Fuck. I got guy. him in both leagues. You're a wise man. <laughs> I was trying to trade a guy to John in that league, and then he's like, ooh, if my calculations are correct, you want Dion, whatever the fuck his name is. And then he picks him up, and he's oh like, oh, will you God. still trade? About that. <laughs> he was so fucking mad at me. I just I sniped like, the I was like, go, go fuck yourself. He was trying to clear a roster spot. <laughs> Instead, I went and picked up the guy that he wanted. That is some scumbag behavior, John. <laughs> Sneaky little devil. He's still on my roster. Keep him. You won't do shit. Jonathan Taylor's coming back. But back to Lions training camp here. Another piece of news. And, you know, it's not anything we didn't know about, but Lions are still in footsie with Teddy Bridgewater. He came in and took a visit during camp. We haven't had a whole lot of contact that I've heard about uh, since before the draft. When we did offer him a contract, uh, for whatever reason, he didn't take it. 
and he's still unsigned. Probably the best backup quarterback that's still on the market. So no deal done yet. Don't really know what the holdup is and anything at all this year. He'd still be like a solid backup because if, if God forbid Jared Goff does go down, Teddy Bridgewater can win you games. Mm-hmm. You could do a lot worse at the backup spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you know, if if we don't end up signing Teddy, but on the other hand, Nate Sudfeld, from what I've heard, he's been looking pretty good. I'd still definitely prefer Teddy Bridgewater. This is Nate Sudfeld's first training camp with the team because when we signed him last year, it was right after the 53-man uh, roster cut down. We had uh, Tim Boyle and David Blau who got cut, so this is his first time to actually you know, play with the whole entire team and you know, get some work in there. So from what I've heard, he's been looking good. I've also heard that he's missed some throws too, but, I mean, he's a backup. He's not perfect. I would like to have the security of Teddy Bridgewater. So if we can get a somewhat favorable deal done, we've got the cap space to do it. Hendon Hooker's pretty much on a redshirt year this year. You can't bank on him being ready to go, even though you do see him making some throws. But we don't want to rush him back by any means. So I say let him sit back and learn. If we can get in Teddy, that's, you know, we can only carry two quarterbacks on the year, and that's fine with me. Sudfeld, yeah, sure, he's looking nice, but I guarantee when, when it comes down to it, if we really need him, I'd rather be giving the ball to Teddy than Nate Sudfeld. You were just talking about how Nate Sudfeld was having a great camp. I mean, he has made some good throws, but everybody makes good yeah, throws. He's still you know? Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, and he's Suds. playing against the twos and the threes and the fours. He's not really With no playing. pads. Yeah, exactly. And now pads are on two. He's got the red jersey on, so it's non-contact. So it's tough to say. But what I do know is Teddy Bridgewater has that starting experience, and I would be much more enticed to rely on him than I would somebody like Nate Sudfeld. My gut feeling that uh, is based in really nothing is that Teddy's got a lot of good options, and he's just biding his time to see if someone goes down in training camp and all of a sudden he's a starter. Otherwise, he's just going to take the best deal at the end of training camp. Yep. Exactly. When's the last time he played? It was on he the Dolphins last year. He started for the Broncos like two years ago. The guys made a glass. Don't waste your money. I'll take him. Old Teddy Two Gloves. Uh, last week, Tom Kennedy got waived due to an injury, so that was kind of sad because he's always kind of been a training camp darling, fringe to make the roster. And with the JMO suspension, there is that fifth wide receiver spot, so he was kind of my favorite to get that job, at least for the first couple of weeks while JMO was out. But do have another guy who can step up and that is Denzel Mims. He was a second round pick a couple years ago to the New York Jets, but they had a crowded wide receiver room as is. They brought in Alan Lazard as well this year, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson. So they've got some guys there already. Still, he's not a lock to make the roster. He's still got to beat out Antoine Green, our seventh round pick. And like I said earlier, Brad Holmes was pretty stoked to get him. Maurice Alexander, he does like punt and kick returns. So XFL standout. He was solid last year in training camp. So that fifth spot is kind of up for debate. There's some other UDFAs that we have in there, and these guys are all probably going to be cut after Jamison Williams comes back anyways. We've got some good guys in the room already, so we'll see who gets the nod for that fifth spot when training camp rounds out here. And a couple other guys I just wanted to touch on real quick who have really stood out is Kirby Joseph, year two. He's been making plays, picking off some balls, showing off those ball skills. Uh, and he's also kind of taken a step and become more of a vocal leader. Him and CJGJ were get, whipping that defense into shape. 
And, you know, he's letting everybody know it. He's got a little bit of that swag about him. He was a little bit more reserved. But once he started making plays, you kind of saw his personality come out, and that's something that Dan Campbell stresses. So it's nice to see him kind of take on some of that freedom and express himself, and hopefully it, it turns out makes him a better player. And then Sam Laporta, too. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it seems like he's going to be the starting tight end from day one. I know we don't have the deepest room there, uh, he's by far the best receiving tight end that we have in the room. We've got Brock Wright, and we've got um, James Mitchell as well, who were solid last year, but let's be honest. I mean, Brock Wright had a couple of good games, you know, that last-minute touchdown against the Jets, and then Shane Zillister went down this week. He had that three-touchdown game. Can't remember what game that was, but Sam Laporta, I mean, he's a great route runner. He has great yak. We knew that when we drafted him. But, you know, already as a rookie, being able to rep with the ones and stand head and shoulders as the best in the room, it's pretty impressive. So then Starling Thomas is one guy to keep an, an eye on. He's an undrafted cornerback out of UAB, just a long, speedy guy. He'd be like an outside option for us. He's got great physicality. So just keep an eye on him because – everything shakes out as it stands right now i think if we were cutting down today he would be on the roster so it'd be kind of like a a second coming of jerry jacobs and provide us some good depth at cb and then the linebacker competition as well is something that a lot of reporters have kind of stressed at camp is one of the most intense because we got anzalone who's obviously going to be the starter there but then we got jack campbell malcolm rodriguez and Derek barnes and I kind of suspected that Rodrigo and Jack Campbell would have a little bit of a duel to see who would be that LB2, but Derek Barnes has stepped up. I've heard it everywhere. He's making plays on special teams. You know, he's making plays in the backfield, sacks. He can rush the passer. He's getting a little bit better in coverage, too, stopping a run. So it was always kind of mental mistakes that stopped him from getting playing time, and it seems like he's kind of cleaned that up a little bit. So... Those four are pretty much locks to make the roster. It's just kind of a question who's going to be Alex Anzalone's running mate starting week one. That's about all the news that I have from training camp here. So let's uh, pop back a little bit. We didn't exactly do this chronologically, but what did you guys think about those new helmets? Let me pull them up to refresh myself. I really like those, but I don't, I, I don't love the gray jersey with them. I was never a fan of the gray jersey. I agree. I think the helmets are sick. It's that matte blue with that old school Detroit Lions logo. But with the all grays, I just I never liked the all grays in the first place. I think it's just a weird combination. Like if we had the uh the alternate blues, that would be fine. I just want like a blue jersey and then like gray pants, like that'd be okay. Now what I really think these helmets would look sweet with are black jerseys and we already said earlier in the year that we weren't going to be getting new alternates or new jerseys this season probably looking like next year for that but if we keep that helmet with a black jersey i think that would be so sick you see like the seahawks come out with theirs the um the titans came out with some nice ones too and uh, the bucks too there's some good throwbacks i love the seahawks those are one of my favorites yeah, like you said, never been a fan of the gray, but bring back the black. Well, the black kind of remind you of like the really bad years of the early 2000s, though. So there's that. I didn't think, cross uh, my mind once, Jonathan. I think like an all white 
with blue numbers with that helmet would look sick. We have the all whites too, and we could have done that, but I don't know. I just yeah. think the all grays was the worst uniform combination that we could have chose for that. But I do like the helmets overall. It's just I wish we could have a different combo for it. Too bad. But anyways, let's get down here. The Lions schedule was announced also within the past month and got some good ones on the list folks and so i wanted to kind of run through here and uh get your predictions on the lions record i can kind of go one by one if you'd like you can debate me i know belly you will or you can just give the record whatever you see fit (laughs) over under is set at nine and a half wins i believe and what do you think i took over yep yeah i'd probably take the over john did you just type in who is also a host yes See, that was the thing that I put in there intentionally that I was telling you about, Bell. You were just trying to piss me off. With <laughs> yes, that I one? was. <laughs> I was like, I, I know I put it in there somewhere, and it's going to piss John off when he sees it. I can't remember where it was. I saw though. it, I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> what do you think, Bell? What's our record going to be this year? I mean, I, I'd have to run through it. You want to just tally me up? Go ahead. All right. Casey, loss, Seattle. Uh, win Falcons win Packers in Lambeau loss home versus Carolina win oh man we got an easy schedule uh, Bucks win Ravens loss Raiders ooh, loss Chargers loss Bears win we'll give 2-0 to the Packers why not Packers win Packers Saints win loss there. Packers win there. Okay. Sorry. Um, or no, 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 no. Lions win there. Sorry. At That's home, pe- Lions okay, win. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Because they lost. I said they lost the first yes. game, right? You got to split yeah. now. Yep. That's what I wanted. Um, where did I leave off? Saints. Uh, Saint, Saints lost. Bears win. Broncos win. Vikings lost. Cowboys lost. Minnesota uh, lost. Wow. You're a piece of shit. You have us at eight wins, Belly. Damn. I I did that alongside of Ben, and I, I had us at 11. I split uh, our Vikings and Packers. Took a loss to the uh, Ravens, Chargers, Cowboys, Chiefs. I think, I think that's more fair. I could see. I think that it will be 11 wins. And I haven't actually tallied them off, so I'll go through it real quick. But I think 11 to 12 wins is really my expectation here. So we'll kick it off with Kansas City. I will say, going to KC, the reigning Super Super Bowl champions, it could be a possible Super Bowl preview for 2024. I'm just saying. It's the very first game of the year. Have it as a loss. But I'm just saying this is kind of a win-win situation for us because – we go into Kansas City and we knock off the reigning Super Bowl champs at week one, all of our doubters are going to be put on notice. Now, we lose that game, we lost to the reigning Super Bowl champs in Kansas City. We're not supposed to win that game. But if we keep it close, that's just going to encourage the boys to get going for the rest of the season, to know we are right there with the best team in the NFL last year. So as long as we don't get blown out in that game, which I really don't think we will, our defense is looking much better and our offense has done nothing but improve, and we're going to be better for it. So I got Kansas City as a loss. Seattle coming back to Detroit. 
last time we lost 48 to 45 in a shootout. That's not going to happen again. Gino had a better year. I was wrong about him, but that's a win. Home against the Falcons, win. At Packers. Packers do still scare me. I'm not discounting them. Aaron Rodgers was not that good last year. We don't know what Jordan Love is going to be. Defense is very, very good, too. They keep on investing first-round picks in that, and they have a great offensive line, a great run game, some solid young wide receivers. So I am going to put that as a win, the better team. Against the Panthers, a revenge match. We got John Wash, and we got Deuce Staley over in Carolina, DJ Chark, too. We're not going to let that happen again. The Panthers are really the team that kept us out of the playoffs. This is a revenge game. That's another win, so that's four, I believe. We got at Buccaneers. That's a win. That's one of the easy ones. Then we got Baltimore. I have that as a loss. Home versus the Raiders, Monday night football. That's a win. At Chargers. Chargers are good or bad any game. You know, we're going to L.A., but they don't have, like, a crazy home field advantage. No L.A. teams ever do. I'll put that as a loss, but anything can happen there. Home against the Bears, that's a win. Home against the Packers on Thanksgiving, that's a win. We sweep the Packers. At New Orleans. But the Packers kind of scare me. They do. They do. But now I'm taking us. At the Saints, that's a win. At the Bears, that's a win. At the Broncos, that's a win. At Vikings, I'll have that as a loss. At the Cowboys, that's a loss. That could be a, a possible flex to prime time there. I think it's like Saturday night or something like that. But And we finish out with the Vikings. We're sitting at 11 wins. Maybe we rest our guys and see what happens. But I'll put that as a win. So I, have, I think I have that as 12 wins on the season. And realistically, I think we'll have 11 to 12. No, there's always going to be some wacky game. You're not going to win them all. It's going to be something kind of like the Panthers game. I mean, the Seahawks are solid. The Bucks are never, like, terrible. You got Baker there, but the Raiders have a decent team, and they weren't the worst. And the Bears, you know, with Justin Fields, we didn't really thrash them with the way that we should have last year, and they did add some good pieces. So the Bears, we could split with. The Vikings, we could split with or win them all. But the Packers, too, you can't discount them, so think that any less than 10 wins would be a disappointment to me but moves that we made this offseason the draft we've had the free agents we brought in the coaching staff that we've retained and replenished i just don't see us really finishing worse than we did last season with nine wins and i mean this year i want either a playoff win or i want an nfc north win preferably a playoff game so if we get 12 wins 11 wins that should lock us in for that but am i delusional bell a bit. Better than your fucking eight one projection. That's crazy. Take the under. Put your money where your mouth is. Done. Four units, please. So twenty dollars. Yeah, twenty bucks. Uh, your units. Oh boy, my unit has become convoluted over the last couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, twelve wins. Mark it down. Say 11. We'll say 11 to 12 wins, okay? 12 is hopeful, 11 realistic. Last year you insulted me. I think I said 9 or 10, and we finished with 9. Oh, so you got to pick two numbers? <laughs> so it, it, it kind of goes how we normally are. Corbin's got us at 12 or 11, very optimistic. I've got us at 11 or 10, 
you know, pretty optimistic still. Ben, fucking eight wins. Hellfire and Brimstone. Six to eight wins from Bell, yeah. Six to listen, eight. Listen, listen, if we had a show where everybody just sucked Lion's dick, it wouldn't be a good show. Yeah, I, I like those shows. <laughs> You're like one of the guys who just listens to, like, true crime to relax. That's what you do. Like something Sometimes. a little bit more cheery. When I would watch like a, I don't really watch horror movies, but whenever I'd watch a scary movie, I would always watch like Land Before Time afterwards so I can go to bed nicely. That was your sleep show, Land Before Time? Yeah, positive vibes only. All right. Uh, let's move on here because there were a couple of things in the uh, throughout the NFL that I wanted to address, and that's her on Hard Knocks. And I fucking love that for Aaron Rodgers because I'm sure that he was not happy about that at all. I'd l- want to see how much he is featured. I guarantee you that they want to make him the star of the show, but I'll bet you he just doesn't give them shit and he's going to look like an asshole. So fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. I hope I don't see you. I hope it just makes everyone see how big of a dickhead he is. You you want to know what else I saw today on Twitter? I think FanDuel tweeted out a graphic and it said, who would win on a 1v1 matchup? Calvin Johnson or Sauce Gardner? And I oh, just thought on. that was the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. What the fuck was that? Sauce Gardner's been in the league like one year. Exactly. And I mean, yeah, he had a good rookie year. I'm not trying to discount it. Teams just didn't throw to him. But if you're going against Calvin Johnson, a six foot four beast who's just fast as hell and one of the most physical receivers who can go up against three guys, you think that you're keeping up with him? Not, not a chance. He's coming down with that 99 out of 100 times. And the other one time, it was a missed throw from the quarterback. Slipped out of his hands. Yeah, the the real uh, question there would be Calvin versus Daryl Revis. And even that, I think, already got answered. So you're going to need two people to stop our boy who retired years and years ago. Ain't that easy. Did you guys watch that uh, quarterback show on Netflix? I have not yet. I I watched the first couple episodes of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I made like made it three episodes in something like that. But it's kind of cool. I mean, you get more of a respect for. I mean, I always kind of knew like quarterbacks take a beating throughout the whole season, but just how quick that they have to recover and get ready to go after just getting smacked times by some 300 pound man and then just getting right back up and doing it again i mean with kirk cousins especially i mean he is so corny and so cringe but you just can't help but like him because i mean he is tough like i don't care what you say about him like he got sacked like eight times every single game i don't know the vikings offensive line was not protecting him and he was taking shots game after game after game he would just get up and do it again. There's even a play where he was just so shook up, like Adam Thielen's like, oh, did the nickel drop there? And he's like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Just get in the huddle. Like, he's just <laughs> fucking rattled. Well, it, it, yeah, it's, uh, that was one of the main things is you see, like, how big of a beating they take. That was one of the, uh, the main things that I took away, too. Just like you're the only player that's standing still well, the biggest man on the field comes at you at a full sprint. Yep. Like during the season, I'm like, come on, man, get up. But then like this put it a little bit more into perspective and put a little 
know, it makes them a little bit more human. You don't really think about that when you're watching football. So just kind of seeing what they have to do week in and week out to recover and get ready to do it all over again for 17 weeks straight at least. Pretty wild, so. And the last big piece of news, Dan Snyder has finally agreed to sell the Washington Commies. Got Josh Harris, I think that's the guy's name. The owner only bought it from Dan Snyder. Yep, he's gone. And it is a new era in Washington, and they might change their stupid-ass commander's name yet again for, what, the fourth time in five years? It's got to be a record. I mean, what do they have anything rumored of what they're going to go with? They had, like, the Red Wolves before, and then they also had, like, the Hogs or something like that. I think the Hogs would be fucking sick. The Hogs? Yeah, the Washington The Hogs, hogs. would be awesome. <laughs> Washington Why the hogs? hogs? I don't know. Like, think about, like, a Razorback. I thought you were going to say, like, because all politicians are pigs. They got a bunch of different ways that they can go with it, but anything other than the commanders. I mean, commies, not bad. It's ironic. It's funny. Yeah, well, I think we named them the commies or someone else on the internet, but <laughs> regardless, commanders is always the worst name. Like, when they were going to go with Red Tails, I was cool with that or something, but ugh, fucking commanders, brutal. I honestly don't even know if I saw the commies somewhere or if we just came up with that, but I like to think it was an original thought. <laughs> we'll take credit. The, fish. the originators of the Washington commies. You heard it here first, folks. One other thing that I wanted to talk about is if you guys played the Immaculate Green. Oh, yet? God. No, what is that? No, but I've watched Never you play it? it on multiple I, I occasions. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, dude, it's fucking awesome. Just Google search Immaculate Grid. So basically, you have nine squares, and you have to find a player that played for two different teams. So like today, you would have to pick a Seattle Mariner and a Toronto Blue Jays, somebody who played there. And then on another one, it's a player who had 30 steals on the season and also played for the Blue Jays. So at first it was baseball and I was doing that. But my baseball knowledge pretty much just extends to like 2010. I don't know a lot of those old guys, so I've never really been that good at it. But then the football one finally comes out and... For example, you got the Carolina Panthers and the Denver Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater is a play that you could put there. Uh, and then, like, Denver Broncos, 1,000-yard rusher. You could do, like, Terrell Davis. Eagles, I just did that one. yard rusher. Yep. LaShawn McCoy. So if you haven't played Immaculate Grid, check it out. They got NBA. They've got hockey as well. I just do the baseball and the football one. Uh, it's fun. And the NFL is actually a lot harder than you'd think because – players don't really change teams that often you know and then their careers are a lot shorter so you gotta th think outside of the box here ryan fitzpatrick's always a cheat code but like the developers have caught on to that they aren't really they're putting like three teams that ryan fitzpatrick played for all together in the same column so you can't use him ever baseball i mean sometimes i do even better in that even though i don't know as many players just because Players get bumped around almost every year sometime. Edwin Jackson's played for like 16, 17 major league teams, so he's another cheat code. You can pretty much use him every day. Uh, if you haven't checked out the Immaculate Grid yet, highly recommend it. I got a group text going. We'll send our results in every time. I would like to say that I got my very first Immaculate Football one just yesterday, but kind of cheated because I remembered Takeo Spikes played for the Bills, and I thought he played for the Chargers. 
I Googled his name and I saw him in a Chargers jersey right away. And so I was kind of pissed at myself. I still kind of count it as an immaculate. One day I'll get there all the way, but it's tough. Give it a try. It's not easy. Take your spikes. I get at least four, or otherwise that's just weak. Five, still not that good. But if you're in that seven, eight range, doing good. Don't cheat and look it up. You got to do it right off the dome. I'm struggling. This is hard. How many have you gotten so far? I got all of the thousand yard rushers, but I'm I'm trying to do it while also trying to listen to you. Those are the easiest ones. It's always the players between teams is always the fucking hard one. Yeah, the Browns today, I really struggled with those ones. I didn't get any Browns today. But yeah, check out the grid if you haven't already. I do it every day, and it is an absolute blast. I wait for 9 a.m. every morning for it to refresh, so check it out. So you do this every day, and you've never completed it without cheating? I don't cheat ever, really, but yeah, it's harder than you think. You just said you cheated with Takio. Well, I, like, Googled him. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Like, at the end, like, when I give up, like, I won't count it. I've never, like, cheat. Like, I could get a win every single time if I just, like, kept looking it up. And then, like, with baseball, too, like, my knowledge isn't as extensive. Like, I don't know, like, some, like, older veterans are playing, like, nowadays. So I'll go and look at the roster just to see who's on there. I'm like, ooh, like, he played for them. Like, that's also considered cheating. Even though I'm just, like, looking up, like, the Rays roster and I recognize a player who used to play for the Reds. You know what I mean? I do it straight off the dome. No help at all. Yeah, I haven't gotten it. It's hard. I believe that. Well, without further ado, let's kick it off to our first segment. And that is with the belly. Well, there's no need to remind you of how this works other than we pick bets and we're typically wrong. And we're actually going to recap our last episode, which was who knows how long ago, uh, Corbin had a pick for the Western Conference to win the NBA championship, which he was correct. I had some bunk-ass parlay where Drew Dober, uh, Gilbert Burns, and Aljamain Sterling were going to win for plus 402. I only got one leg right. Our good buddy Joe was on that episode, and he had the Lakers plus 4.5 versus Golden State. That was a win. Nuggets minus 4 versus the Sun. That was a win. And then... Lucas Paqueta, anytime goal scorer versus Man City, did not hit. Our boy Isaac, our soccer aficionado, picked Bukayo Sakaya, Saka, <laughs> uh, whatever, sorry. Uh, anytime goal scorer plus 200 against Chelsea, and that was also incorrect. Moving on, going into the uh, picks for this week. Corbin, what do you got for us? Well, I wanted to pick up Blake Snell over on K's, but he doesn't have a start until Saturday. Pitcher for the Padres. He's on my fantasy team. He's elite. So I strayed away from baseball, and I wanted to go with the Women's World Cup. Now, truth be told, I don't know shit about women's soccer. I know that the U.S. won last time, and that were solid, but I thought I would choose another team that was near and dear to my heart, and that is the women's Japanese team, or Pan's women's team, I should say, uh, to reach the semifinals. That is plus 175. They've got a nice draw against Norway. We don't know who they're going to be playing in the uh, quarterfinals after that, but just win two games and they're in the semis. A little bit better than even money. Give me Japan. Ooh, you know, we our hearts are near and dear to Japan, so I don't mind the pick whatsoever, buddy. Uh, moving on, John, what do you got for us, bud? 
similar to Corbin, I don't know a ton about uh, about women's international soccer, but I'm well, I'm going to be a, a homer and pick Team USA because we've got the tied for the best odds with England to win the whole thing anyway. So, yeah, USA to win the Women's World Cup at plus 430. That was my original bet, but I straight away um, love the pick. Love to see the women's do it again. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's a shame that it's in New Zealand, so all the games are on at very obscure times that I am never awake. But you know what? It's got to move around the world. I understand it. Um, moving on to my pick, uh, I went a little golf for the the Wyndham, and I picked Si Woo Kim to win at plus 2,000. There's not a lot of studs in this uh, matchup this year in the Wyndham. Uh, a lot of the high-level golfers are taking it off. So I want to see if Si Woo can pull it off. Isn't he the guy who does all those awesome social media videos? I feel like Mart was showing me him the other day. Um, uh, that's possible. You know, I, I just bet on Siwoo one time and he finished second. So I was very happy with that performance and, uh, love to bet on him again. He's definitely a guy of Asian descent. I might be incorrect, but. Nope. Uh, yeah, with we'll a name like Siwoo, <laughs> I don't know why you, uh, thought that was even close to inaccurate. <laughs> well, there's definitely a couple other golfers of Asian heritage that could have been. It wasn't Hideki. That's the only other one that I really know off the top of the head, but yeah, we'll just leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) And that concludes our Andrew Jackson moment of the week. (laughs) You just got stonewalled. A different guy. (laughs) Stonewall Jackson, Andrew Jackson. No, Stonewall Jackson was a different guy than Andrew Jackson. Yeah. Andrew Jackson was the president. Stonewall (laughs) was in Civil War. Stonewall lost an arm. Yeah, he died. Uh, You know, this whole time I thought Andrew Jackson's nickname was Stonewall. Oh, incorrect. He's a general. Andrew Andrew Jackson is old hickory. Mm. He's a general in like the War of 1812, Andrew Jackson, and then Stonewall was in the Civil War. Andrew Jackson is the one who killed all the Native Americans, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. Bad guy. Anyways... Yeah, let's not get dark here. Well, you know what? Yeah, let's get a little dark. Let's just dive into those guts into a deep, dark place and see what's in those bowels of the belly this week. All right, this one's going to be short and sweet. Not too long a story, but I got to tell it anyway. Um, I was traveling, uh, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I don't know. My schedule's been an absolute nightmare. But regardless, um, I was traveling, and I had the old Monday 5.30 flight back to Nashville from where I was staying. And uh, this one, uh, maybe not a lot of people like to talk about a little poop and stuff like that, but this has to do with it because I had to rock a mean heater. And I uh, was debating between just waiting for the hour flight to conclude or to do it right then and there. And uh, so, you know what, I sided against it. I went pee, and then I went to go fill up my water. And then I guess the early morning must have disoriented me because uh, I walk into the bathroom. I'm doing my business, maybe a few uh, few undesirable toots. And then uh, after that, moving forward, uh, I walk out of the bathroom, and I just see a lady packing her suitcase. And I just look at myself, and I'm like, what an idiot. She's packing her suitcase in the men. <laughs> well, 
sure enough, I get a couple more steps to where I get back to the terminal from the bathroom. And there are just two ladies walking in and they kind of look at themselves in befuddlement. Like, what? Why is this man walking in here? Yep, I took a mean shit in the ladies' bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you do that That's at like work, my... too? Uh, No, no, no. There's just less ladies on that one floor. Um, That was at my old job. That was a different bowels. It's like my Indian restaurant story. You didn't hear the piss missile into the toilet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that, man. I'm going to be double-checking every time now. It'd be too awkward for me. You couldn't tell by the nice floral scents and no urinals? You know what? I I heard that a couple times when I told other people, and to be honest with you, I think I might be smell-blind. What about the urinals? You didn't notice there was no uh, urinals? Well, the way the bathroom works at the airport is, this specific airport is, you got urinals on one side, and then you got the... Uh, the heater dojos and the other. And uh, <laughs> I went right to the heater dojo and didn't even think about it. Nice. Well done, Bell. <laughs> yep, that's me. Belly, bowels specific. <laughs> well done, Belly. That was true to the bowels this week. That's what I do, baby. I miss the old bowels. I'm sure you saved up quite a few over the past couple of weeks off here. So I'm sure we'll be getting sprinkled a couple more treats throughout the coming weeks. Sprinkled with a couple more treats. Disgusted. Oh, it doesn't have to be about poop next time, but, you know, you control your own destiny. You pick whatever you want. You're right. It doesn't have to. It's what yeah. I choose to. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you want with it, Bell. It's your segment, so I trust your judgment. All right. Well, let's hop into our final segment here. I mentioned it earlier. We're getting back to Jeopardy, and John was a big fat loser last time to Belly when I was hosting, so he's going to be the host this time, and you got a good old Belly Goby scramble to see who was going to take this one. So let's get it going, boys. John, you got a nice one prepared for us? I do, I do. All of a sudden can't remember the Jeopardy theme song. Do-do, do-do, do-do. Nope. All right, so we're going to start with single Jeopardy, as you do, then followed up by double Jeopardy. Then, after that, we're going to switch it up a little bit and do a final Jeopardy. You may not have seen that before, but we're going to do that. Um, <laughs> well, we've done it every time. <laughs> um, no, Corbin, Corbin. It's just like the Washington commies. It's an original belly in the fish idea, all right? Final Jeopardy. Yep. So the categories for Single Jeopardy are Disney movie lines, landmarks, music, NFL, and animal Tinder bios. Ben's going to start us off as the reigning champion, so why don't you get us going, Ben? Disney movie lines for one. All right, Disney movie lines for 100. A lie keeps growing and growing until it's as plain as the nose on your face. I'm going to go with Pinocchio, or what is Pinocchio? Yes, that is correct, Ben. Pinocchio. Ben, you will be team one, okay? For some reason, cool. I wanted to say Rapunzel, and I'm like, no, that's not right. No, Rapunzel had the hair, not the nose. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, you are uh, up again. You have the board. 
Um, I will go with. Hmm. Let's go Disney for two. All right, Disney movie lines. And just to clarify to everyone, I'm reading a quote, and then you have to tell me what movie it is from. Disney movie lines 200. Ohana means family. Family means nobody gets left behind or forgotten. Ben buzzed in almost immediately. What do you got, Ben? Uh, That would be uh, Lilo and Stitch. Correct. Lilo and Stitch. All right. Bella, you got to get off of your uh, mouse. This is bullshit. I'm using the keypad on my laptop, and I definitely can't. <laughs> I think, you. you know what I think? I No, I can't, I can't plug in my mouse because only one USB works, and so the mouse is unplugged, and I'm on the pad. I think Ben just took a bet that he was going to know the line. I saw Ohana, and I had it. Yep. <laughs> All right, Ben, board is yours. Let's keep it going for three. All right, Disney movie lines for 300. Clear buzzers, start. Okay. I shall call him Squishy, and he shall be mine, and he shall be my Squishy. First buzzed in was Ben. That would be uh, Despicable Me. That is in. Oh, no, it's wrong. Corbin, would you like to answer? Who is Finding Nemo? Damn it. Uh, yes, I said it. It's that little octopus girl, right? Yes. Finding Nemo. It's the, the crazy little girl who says that. Eat it, Belle. All right. Corbin tied it up 300 to 300, and he has the board. I'm going landmarks for two. No, 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 no. no. You got you to gotta give me minus for getting it wrong. Oh, True. that's correct. Oh, so, Belly. Oh, but I got to say, though, Ben, a, a stand up man. Man of integrity. He yes. was not about to lose those points. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Corbin, you're up. Landmarks for 200, please. Landmarks for 200. All right, landmarks for 200. The Colosseum is located in this city. It's Rome. Corbin is first. He answers, what is Rome? And that is correct. Corbin now up 500 to zero. With control of the board. Yes, sir. We'll do landmarks for one. Landmarks for 100. The Eiffel Tower is located in this city. Uh, Corbin buzzed first. Corbin, what is your answer? It's Paris. That is correct. Corbin with another 100 points. He's up 600 to zero on Ben. Corbin, you still have the board. Let's see what this uh, Animal Tinder bios is all about. We'll <laughs> go for 100, please. Animal Tinder bios for 100. I won't get my own food. I'm the king of this jungle. Biggest man in town. Ben buzzed first, and he is guessing a lion. That is correct. What's the I won't get my own food part? What is a lion? Uh, Male lions do not do the hunting. The female lions hunt. Ah, okay, okay. I see, I see. Yeah, right, so, okay, so Ben back on the board with 100 points. The ladies hunt, dude. Ooh, nice, Belly. Um, let's hit me with another animal for two. All right, animal tinder bios, 200. I fly, but I'm not a bird. Misunderstood cutie. Prefer, prefer to be out at night, even though I can hardly see. And the buzz was by Corbin. As a bat. That is correct, a bat. Yes. 
Nice work there, Corbin. LFG, baby. Let's fucking go. All right. Corbin, board is yours. All right. Well, uh, we'll go music 100. Okay, music for 100. Corbin is up 800 points to 100 points. These four men made up the Beatles. Now, you only have to give me their first names, and uh, Ben is up first. Ringo, John, George, Paul. That is correct. John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr made up the Beatles. It was only 100. Easy. Yeah, I don't know why that happened. All right, Ben has 200 points to Corbin's 800, and he has control of the board. Um, let's go with animal Tinder bios for 500. Ooh, Ooh, he's going big, folks. He's going big. All right, animal Tinder bios for 500 points. Not much of a city boy. I am a bird. I can't fly, and I live on a farm. Oh no! Not much of a city. Ben has buzzed. Not much of a city boy. I am a bird. I can't fly and I live on a farm. I'm a chicken. That is correct. Wow. <laughs> chicken, we would have also accepted rooster. Fuck it. <laughs> ben with a I, huge I thought about, comeback I thought about there. emu for a second. <laughs> emu, emu or ostrich could have been another one, too. So good work there, Ben. Anyways, let's see. Ben, you are down 700 to 800, and you have control of the board. Music for two. Music 200. This celebrity once dangled his son over a hotel balcony in front of paparazzi. Ben, you the are would be Michael, Michael Jackson. Damn it. That is correct, Michael Jackson. What was his son's name again? Blanket. 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 Was it actually Blanket? I think that was his real name, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true. It might not actually be true, but that is what oh, he was blanket. called. <laughs> well, South Park made us know. Yep, yes, exactly. Very true. All right, <laughs> Ben, you blanket. now take the lead, 900 to 800, and you have the board. Let's go NFL for 100. Yeah, you guys have been avoiding the NFL. Okay, NFL for 100. Name two of the three NFL teams that play in California. Oh, I read that as Carolina. I'm screwed. <laughs> Corbin is buzzed. 49ers and Rams. And Chargers. Correct. 49ers, Rams, and he also got the Chargers. What a dick. Disney movie lines for 500. No matter how much the wind howls, the mountain cannot bow to it. A little bit more of a serious line here. Anybody? I have a guess, but I don't want to risk it. Three, two, one. That would be Mulan. I was going to guess Pocahontas, so good thing I did not. Pocahontas, not a bad guess, not a bad guess. Mm. All right, so neither of you got that one. That was a tough one. I wasn't sure if either of you were going to get it. Corbin, you still have the board. We'll clear Disney out with Disney movie lines for 400, please. All right, Disney movie lines for 400. Put that thing back where it came from. Help me. So help me. So help me. That is uh, Ben buzzing in. That would be Monsters, Inc. That is correct, Monsters, Inc. 
Ben with a huge 400 pointer there, bringing him to uh, 1300 to Corbin's 900. Ben, it's your board. Uh, let's go Animal Tinder Bios for 300. All right, Animal, animal Tinder Bios, 300. I have no arms or legs, but my tongue is very long. I have a body. Or I have a long body. I bite. This one. Uh, that is Ben. That would be a snake, a little slithery snake. That would be a slithery little snake, correct. I don't care for that. All right, Ben. The uh, Coming out into a, a, a bit of a pull ahead, but we've got plenty of game left. Ben, you're up. I would like uh, animal tinder bios for 400. All right, we're going to close out the category. I live in water, but I am not a fish. I like to eat bugs. Don't judge. That is Corbin. As a frog. That is correct. Corbin with a huge one there, getting him back into striking distance, 1,300 to 1,600. All right, Corbin, you're up. We'll go NFL for 500. I'm going to bounce back. Ooh, and he's going lead. big, going big. NFL for 500. The NFL MVP award has been given to players at five different positions, quarterback, running back, defensive line, linebacker, and what other position? Kicker. That is correct. It is the kicker. Seriously? From the 1982 Washington, then Washington Redskins, Mark Mosley in a shortened season. Uh, He went 20 of 21 in the regular season. He missed four uh, kicks in the playoffs, but he did make two in the Super Bowl. So, huge, huge one there from Ben. I thought that was a pretty damn interesting fact. All right, Ben, big one for you there, and now you got the board. NFL for two. Which two quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl with more than one team? Ben, you are up. Tom Brady. And uh, 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 Joe Montana. Yes. That is incorrect. Corbin, you have a chance to steal. Is it Thomas Brady and Peyton Manning? That is correct. Oh, I was going to say Peyton. Fuck that up. Manning. Don't forget Peyton to deduct his with, ass, too. Yeah, he did it with the Colts and the, uh, and the Broncos. Tom Brady, obviously the Patriots and the Bucks. Corbin, you are up. I will go landmarks for 300. Belly's just trying to escape it. He's scared of the landmarks. All right, landmarks 300. The Great Barrier Reef is located off the coast of this country. Corbin buzzed in first. It's Australia, mate. That is Australia, mate. (laughs) Correct. 1800 to 1900. Man, we have a very close matchup, and I just want to commend the host for selecting such an approachable Jeopardy that both players could really uh, dig their teeth into. Bravo, cheerio. Let's go landmarks for 500, please. <laughs> and Corbin's going to keep that accent the rest of the episode. Rocky, yes, All right, landmarks, 500. The Burj Khalifa, the world's tallest building, is located in this city. Corbin, you are first. It's Dubai. Correct, Dubai. I'm getting throttled on the landmarks. <laughs> I know, I'm going to keep it going. Yeah, Corbin, Corbin's got his geography 
Got his geography down there. He's up 2,300 to 1,900. Fuck with me on my history and geography. Landmarks for four, please. Landmarks for 400. The state the Hooper Dam is located. Nevada. And was first. He answered Nevada. Corbin actually did not buzz. And that is correct. Bitch. Well done, Bell. You got one. I actually didn't know that one when I was looking that one up. I want to say Minnesota for some reason. I'm a dumbass. All right, Ben. We're now we're now tied. 2,300, 2,300. And Ben, it is yours. Uh, hmm. Just to remind people, the, the categories remaining are music, NFL. Actually, just music and NFL. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go with NFL for three. NFL for 300. What NFL team stadium holds the least amount of people? A, the Minnesota Vikings. B, the Chicago Bears. C, the Tennessee Titans. Corbin, you have buzzed. Bird the Bears. The Chicago Bears, that is correct. Soldier Field only holds 61,500 fans, which is actually pretty small for an NFL uh, stadium. Corbin, you have 2,600 and the board. Oh, we'll switch it up. We'll go music for 500. Music for 500. This singer protested the Catholic Church by tearing up a picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live. I will give you guys a hint. She also just died very recently. We're pretty hip. Any <laughs> <Hey>, Winehouse? <laughs> whoa, whoa, Anybody? Whoa. You can't, you can't uh, guess. It's not a real guess. It was a joke. She did not die recently. I, didn't, I actually either. didn't even hear what he said. It's all right. Um, she did not die recently. Okay. No. Neither of you have guessed, but the answer is Sinead O'Connor. Don't even Nate know who O'Connor. It is. Uh, almost ruined her entire career doing that. Oh, I've never heard of her, so she might have. <laughs> All right. Uh, Corbin, you still have control of the board. Oh, music for 300. Music for 300. This singer famously shaved her own head in 2007. Corbin, you are up. Who's Britney, bitch? That is true. Britney Spears. Corbin up to 2,900 points. I was going to say Miley. I was going to say Miley. <laughs> All right. Corbin, board is yours. NFL for 400. NFL for 400. This rock band hip-hop duo recorded Walk This Way together. No one of them. Ben. Run DMC and Aerosmith. Correct. Huge answer there. All right. We are to the final clue of uh, single jeopardy. Also a term that we invented. Uh, We invented this whole game. So we're going to be suing CBS very soon. Gotcha, bitch. All right. Final clue is the NFL for 400. Who's the all-time NFL leader in touchdowns with 208? Corbin, you have buzzed. Is it rushing touchdowns, I'm guessing? NFL all-time leader in touchdowns with 208. It's Tom Brady. 
Incorrect. Ben, would you like to steal? Nah. Puss. That would be Jerry Rice. Jesus. Jerry Rice with 208. He has over 50 touchdowns more than the next person closest to him. It's pretty crazy. Okay, so passing touchdowns don't count then, right? Yeah, you have to be the one who actually scored the touchdown. Um, Well, you know, Corbin, that's the name of the game. All right. After single jeopardy, Corbin, uh, based on a a clue he didn't love, down to 2,500. Ben has 2,700. We're going to move on to double jeopardy. Bring it. I want to clarify for our own purposes that I couldn't change the amount of points, so I'm just going to have to double click when you guys get these answers right. So if it says 100, but it's worth 200. Yep. Gotcha. Cool beans. All right. So for Double Jeopardy, our categories are... Uh, I had a lot of one-word one categories when I was coming up with this. Is there a category called bread? <laughs> there is. I was, I was really struggling. Golf, cars, bread. Famous people by initials. So that would be uh, people who are famous that are... Very well known by only their initials. So not, uh, I don't mean like a J.K. Rowling. She's known as J.K. Rowling. I mean someone would be known as just their initials. And then we have hot stuff. No, I'm, I'm going to kick this one off with a bang and go bread for a thousand. Bread for a thousand. Corbin is really coming out strong. He thinks he knows his bread. Let's see. Bread for a thousand. Sliced oh, bread God, was invented no in the year. <laughs> we get like within like a decade. <laughs> yeah, I th- that one's a little tough. Let's go. Sliced bread was invented in this decade. And I'm not gonna guess, but if I were to, I would say 1890. I would go okay, later. Well, I'd go like 1930s. Well, uh, good thing neither of you guessed. You're both wrong. It's the 1920s. Ben, you were very close. And when they made sliced bread, apparently they said it was the best thing since bagged bread. (laughs) (laughs) How did you know that? Like, man, this this is almost as sick as bagged bread. (laughs) (laughs) And better, it's sliced. Right? Holy shit, get down here. Right. (laughs) I was thinking that would this be the types best thing of bread. Since bag bread. I was not expecting bread inventions. I was thinking more of types. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, Corbin, board is still yours. Go with uh, famous people by initials for 200. Okay, famous people by initials for 200. FDR. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Correct, correct, correct. Now, I want to be clear. You have to name every initial. You can't get two out of three. You got to get the complete name right. It's Delano and not Delanor? It is Delano. All right, Ben, and the board is yours. Ooh, it is. You know, let's keep it going. Let's go uh, famous people by initials for 100. All right, famous people by initials. NPH. That would be Neil Patrick Harris. Ben buzzed in first. He guessed Neil Patrick Harris, and that is correct. Neil Whoever Patrick has called Harris. him NPH. 
What? You clearly have never seen Harold Kumar. Call him NPH. He's he's uh, extremely well known as NPH. Um, sounds like okay, ben, sounds like you're uncultured. Got you so. two hundred points there, Ben. Um, we're gonna go with we're gonna keep it rolling. Famous people, three hundred. Famous people by initials for three hundred. A R S B. Little uh, little homerism on this one, Corbin. Would be Amon Ra St. Brown. Correct, Amon Ra St. Brown had to include a lion in there. That me belly. Thirty-three to thirty-one. We're neck and neck. Yeah, Corbin got six hundred points on that one. That was a big one. Double All jeopardy right. is fucked. Or <laughs> is yours, Corbin? All right, we'll go uh, hot stuff for a hundo. All right, hot stuff for 200. This common pepper ranks at zero Scoville units, meaning it lacks any capsaicin. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Corbin, do you have a... Oh, he, he's buzzed. What do we got, Corbin? What is a bell pepper? We have a bell pepper, but we might have a bit of a scandal because I think I see a picture of a bell pepper on your screen. Oh! It literally isn't. Come and look. What, <laughs> what is that? Nothing. <laughs> this is a, the buzzer. Oh. <laughs> it's literally the, the buzzer. buzzer. Looks like a bell pepper. I thought he was cheating. <laughs> I I still or, think he was cheating. It's red and green. Bell pepper. <laughs> <laughs> All That's right. Stupid. So we're tied now. Thirty-three hundred to thirty-three hundred. Back, baby. I thought we had a scandal on our hands. Right. I Billy doesn't know scandalous. shit about cars. Neither do I. So we're going cars for 100. Cars for 100. I tried to keep the cars category fairly easy. The first model of car to ever be mass produced. The Model T. Ben buzzed first, and he is correct with the Ford Model T. Locking in 200 points for the boy. And the board. I prefer young lad. Model T wasn't even the first car made, though, was it? It was the first, was the first mass, mass produced. produced. It was the first mass produced. I'm, I'm sh- there was probably something made before it, but yeah, it was yeah. the first mass production car because the assembly line was invented by Ford. Correct. All right, Ben, you're up. Uh, let's go golf for 100. I was like, golf? You said golf. What the hell was that? <laughs> All right, golf for 200. This golfer is known as the Golden Bear. That would be Jack Nicholas. Ben. ben is correct, Jack Nicholas. 200 points for you there, one. sir. Ben just racking up the 100 pointers. Yeah, keep it light. I'm going to get myself something easy, so a little momentum. What do we got now? Uh, golf for two. Golf for 200. An Arnold Palmer with a shot of liquor in it is named after this golfer. John Daly. Ben. John Daly, that is correct. 400 points for Ben there. And the board. Uh, let's keep it chill with some golf for three. <laughs> All right, golf for 600. This golfer was PGA Tour Rookie of the Year in 1996. Corbin. Tiger. 
That is correct. You Tiger made that Woods. the 300 question? I wasn't going to get skunked on this category, Belly. I got one. Well, Benny Quickfingers didn't buzz. I actually didn't know if that was correct. I thought it was a trick question. Yeah, well, that was kind of why I put it there. I was kind of scared, too. All right. Corbin, you have the board. It is 3,900 to 3,100. Let's go back to the basics. Bread for 100, please. (laughs) Bread for 100. The main ingredient in bread. What would be wheat? We will accept wheat flour Eh. is also the answer. Eh, There's a lot of different kinds of flour. There are a lot of different kinds of flour. We're gonna. Uh, we went to the judges, and they are going to give it to him. Uh, I'll let it slide. They're gonna give it to me. They're gonna give. They're gonna give it to Fuck you. Yeah. All right, Ben. Board is yours. Um, I don't know. Corbin did stifle me with that golf one. Uh, yeah, we're gonna stick with golf, and we're gonna go. I like bread. I do not like bread. I actually hate the bread category. Um, we're gonna go with golf for uh four hundred. Howard. All right, golf for four hundred. The number of clubs allowed in your bag in a golf tournament. Uh, Orban. Thirteen. What is that? Thirteen. That is incorrect. I'm gonna sit this one out. I do not know the answer. I am extremely surprised that neither of you knew this. Fourteen. Fourteen is the answer. Corbin lost eight hundred points on that one. That was that was a rough. I thought one it was going to be fifteen. I'm glad I didn't say that. shit. All right, uh, Corbin, the board I believe is still yours. Back to bread for four hundred. I'm bouncing back. Back to bread four hundred. Breads without yeast are called. Fuck this bread category. I mean, answer this, but I don't think that this is the answer. The term for breads that are made without yeast. I think that would be. I think Three, that would be. Two, one. Okay. If it's a fucking cracker, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> that is incorrect. It is unleavened. Ooh. Unleavened. Crackers don't have yeast. I'm just saying. Bread that rises, bread that has yeast, is leavened. Bread that does not have yeast is unleavened, such as naan. Ooh, I love some fucking naan. Mm. Me too. All right, Corbin, board is still yours. All right, let's go uh, cars for 200. Cars for 200. In the early days of the brand, all Ferraris were originally painted this color. Corbin. It was red. That is correct, red. All right, Corbin, the board is yours. Oh. Take my masculinity over Ben's. Let's go cars for 400. All right, Corbin, big beefy masculine boy. All right, cars for 400. Seven states have passed laws outlawing the sale of gas powered cars by the year. I think I know, but I don't want to guess. I'm going to give you five, four, three, two, one. 2031. And 2035. Ooh, thank God. All right. Neither of you got that one correct, so Corbin, board is still yours. Now let's keep chipping away at cars for 300. Cars for three. The letters BMW are short for this. I know the first two, but I don't know about the W. 
Either of you? Wow, you guys really don't know. No, I much. know the the B and the M, but the W. Listen, I'm not John, I know where the engine is. All right. <laughs> and yet, can I get two letters? No. No, the B. That's I, the hardest. That's the hardest one. And where's the engine on a Porsche 911? The back. Uh, middle. Uh-huh, I don't know. Pretty close. All right, BMW is short for Bavarian Motor Works. I didn't know if it was Works for sure. I knew it was Bavarian Motor, but I didn't know about what Works. What would you have thought it would have been? They should stick to the I acronym. Know, I was thinking like wheel, and I don't know. I was just too scared. I didn't want to lose <laughs> Bavarian Motor I've got to make another PP. One more question. Okay, Corbin, board is yours. Ours for five. Ours for 500. You guys the strongest category yet. The first Japanese car to be made in the United States. Just make the model. Or oh, the make and the model? That's not fair. I should be able to just say the make. Okay. Honda. You have a model for me to get 1,000 points instead of 500. If I get it wrong, do I get any? All right, we're locking in at five. You lose 250 if you want to guess and you get it wrong. Yeah. All right. It is the Honda Accord. Mm-hmm. So we're going to Corbin 500 out of those 1,000 points. Okay, so for an update on scores, we have Ben with 4,300, Corbin at 4,000. We have a few clues left. The hot stuff category is largely untouched. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's get spicy. Hot stuff for uh, 200. Hot stuff for two hundo. This type of animal is immune to the spice from hot peppers and chilies. John, I'm not going to lie. Your categories are weird. (laughs) (laughs) Neck and neck. I think they're fine. I knew this answer before I looked it up. Uh, Maybe you're just a fucking dumbass. I just don't like hot stuff. A rat? I would go with with a lemur as a non-official guest. It is birds. That's why they will put uh, crushed red pepper into chicken feed to keep uh, wolves and things like that from getting into. It's fucking nerdy of you to know that. Thanks. <laughs> I'm the chicken man. All right, Corbin, you're up. Hot stuff for three hundred. Let's keep it rolling. Hot stuff for three hundred. Ben's favorite category. This is the hottest pepper in the world, according to the Scoville scale. Ben doesn't hate the category so much anymore. What the do you Carolina got? Carolina Reaper. Oh, that is correct. Grab actually points. told me there's another pepper that's even hotter than he bought it, and he tried to grow it, and it died. <laughs> so I heard I I I was wondering if there was a hotter one, but when I looked it up, it said the Carolina Reaper is still officially the hot. Thanks, hot ones. Ben, board is yours. Golf for five. Golf for five hundred. The only president to be a member at Augusta National Golf Club. I know who I want to guess, but... We all want to guess it. We all want to guess it. We all wanted to guess it. We would love to guess it. It's not the the impression you're doing. Are you sure? Because, you know, I think I'm the best golfer that has ever lived. (laughs) Dwight Eisenhower is the answer. Uh, Back to me, the best. Ben has 4,900 to Corbin's 4,000, and the board is his. 
Bread for two. <laughs> bread for 200. Ricky Bobby was sponsored by this brand of bread in Talladega Nights. What is known as Wonder Bread. That is correct. Fuck I did you, not Billy. even have to look at the screen. I just had to hear Corbin going, fuck, to know that he was not the first one to buzz in. 5,300 to shit. Corbin's 4,000. Ooh, we're pulling away a little bit. Ben, what do you got? Bring me back to the bread. Bread for 300. This is the ingredient that makes bread rise. You may have gotten a clue earlier. Now, Corbin, what do you got? Shut up, John! Oh, now that you mention it, what is yeast? Yeast is <laughs> correct. Oh, I do have to ask, though, were you going to say that? Yes, I was going to say that. Of course, I know it's fucking <laughs> yeast. It's the same thing you have to treat for your infection, you little bitch. <laughs> no, that's actually right. built from Corbin too much yeast, Belly. 4,653. Right. No women. All right, famous people by initials for four. Famous people by initials for 400. JTT. Uh, this could be wrong, but I'm going to go with ben. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That is correct. A little bit of a throwback. Heartthrob from the 90s, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. The fuck is that? It was a very that would be home famous, improvement, you young ass. Very, like very famous actor. He was the, the teenage heartthrob in, in the 90s and all the movies and whatnot. Damn it. Uh, ben, board is yours. Give me famous for five. Famous for thousand Mitchells for five hundred to close out the category. JFK. That would be Mister. Oh, ooh! Now you have to remember, and you both buzzed. You have to get John it. John Franklin Kennedy. Incorrect, Corbin. Damn it! And Frederick Kennedy. Incorrect. So it didn't really hurt either John of you. Fitzgerald and Kennedy. That is correct, but too late. Oh. Little, too little, too late. I was like, oh, it's John F. Kennedy. I got this. <laughs> that was exactly why I put that one there, because you were going to think it was so easy. Bitch. <laughs> All right. Still We've my board? Ben's on the, ben still got the board. Hot stuff for 1,000. Hot stuff for 1,000. This Mexican state shares its name with a pepper <clears throat> variety and is made into a hot sauce using the same name. That is Corbin. It's Chihuahua. Incorrect. It is. Chihuahua is a hot sauce? Yes. We're going to have to go to the judges on that one. Ben, do you have a guess? Fuck no. I get a second guess then. As I see you typing. I'm looking up Chihuahua hot sauce. All right. We're not going to give you a second guess, but we are going to look up Chihuahua hot sauce. That is... Uh, deemed to be incorrect, Corbin. The answer is Tabasco. There is Chihuahua hot sauce, and that's not even in Mexico. It's in Louisiana. Corbin, you're looking up some random hot sauce that's on a random website. We're talking about Tabasco. Where are you going to get original hot Mexican hot sauce from HuxleyandKent.com? <laughs> that's our plug. That's our plug. HuxleyandKent.com is our source. <laughs> Hotstuffsauce.com. Corbin, the judges have determined that to be an incorrect answer. Mm. Right. Well, okay. If I wasn't, if I wasn't literally just able to still win the final Jeopardy, I would have thrown a fit. 
fit. Well, you might not be if I get this one right. There's one more. Okay. Oh, fuck. Last clue. Hot stuff for wait, wait, 400. Wait. I do need to clear the buzzers. No, we're all Why good. do you keep yelling wait? Oh, I got to get my buzzer back up. I was searching. <laughs> okay. Hot stuff for 400. Final clue. This pepper, actually a smoke-dried jalapeno, is frequently used in Southwestern and Tex-Mex cooking, including burritos. I have an idea, but I don't want to guess. Any guesses? Five, four, three, two, one. The burrito should have been a big clue. It's Chipotle. Chipotle. Fuck yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I did not know that the Chipotle oh. is actually just a smoke-dried jalapeno. I'm alive. I am fucking alive. Let's go. Okay, that finishes out Double Jeopardy with Corbin squeaking into the possibility to take Ben down with 2,600 points to Ben's 5,100. Ben uh, really... Uh, really stayed in that round the same way he actually did when he beat me, which is with buzzer discipline, not buzzing unless he <laughs> knew he was right. He let me and Corbin both kill ourselves. <laughs> I had a couple wrong answers. I let a couple fly, but that chihuahua, I'll die on that hill. The clue for Final Jeopardy. This California structure, whose official color is international orange, is one of the seven wonders of the modern world. Text me your answers, please. Admitted. Get fucked, Corbin. What'd you wager? 105. <laughs> okay. So you are both correct. Now I gotta add up your points because I'm a little Ben bet. 105 oh, points. You are a coward. You are a fucking coward. He probably, I'm sure he did the math right and You're beat an Corbin by just the right amount. You're an absolute So Ben, bitch. that brings Ben to 52.05. Corbin bet, uh, bet 2,598, which would bring him, unfortunately, to 5,198, coming in seven points behind Sir Benjamin. Yeah, that slap, that's a bicep that hasn't worked out in months. That's an absolute coward bicep. And that is going to have Ben take home two wins in a row now. Enjoy making the next Jeopardy, bitch. I'm fucking salty about that's that. That's seriously the worst punishment. This took me so long. It does take a long time. Okay, that's going to do it for Jeopardy this week, guys. Yeah, I'm ready to get out of here at this point. Honestly, I'm pretty salty, but... Get fucked, pussy. Before I do get too mad, I just want to thank our listeners for tuning back in. We're going to get on another episode uh, probably after the second preseason game, and then we will have one out after the 53-man roster cuts before our matchup against the Chiefs. Feel free to follow us, subscribe, like, and download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other platform you listen to us on. Don't forget to leave us a review and give us five stars. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at LightCorbyashi, and we also have the Belly and the Fish Instagram and Twitter going. Feel free to DM us or text us some ideas for segments that you would want to hear that you think might be cool. And please continue to spread the good word. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, and anyone and everyone that you can think of. We appreciate the love and support, guys. Yeah, big thanks to our gracious host of Jeopardy, John. Not a guest. 
at least this week. And he's been great. Love him. And, uh, yeah, can't wait to uh, bring some more content back to you after we get some more things to talk about. Instead, that win was great, Corby. Eat it. Yeah, and I, I just got to say, um, Ben, belly not as impressive in person as I expected it to be. Well, what did you expect? Yeah, well, you caught me on a sad day. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping to be a little more robust. Oh, he's robust. Oh, you thought I was going to be bigger? I'm huge right now. <laughs> No, you're huge. I, I was just trying to be I nice. break scales when I step on. Breaks Adirondack chairs at Airbnbs. Three of them. Ooh, yeah. That could have been a bowels of the belly, but instead I told my poop story. We could get that on there later, but that yeah, was great recording with you guys for the first time in person. We'll have to do it again soon. Um, with that said... Oh, wow.